Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports betting network. Hello, hello. Welcome back into the Lombardi line, as always, presented by BetMGM alongside Michael Lombardi out at his office on the East Coast. I'm Stormy Bonantoni here at our VEASAN studio at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Lots to cover over the course of the next yeah. hour. Um, your guy, Tate Frazier, former GM Street Love host with you. Yeah, you guys know each other very, very well now with the yeah. ringer. We'll get into all of that stuff. He's like so dialed in with the NBA. I'm super excited to get into yeah. some of the draft props. And college him. hoops, too. Yeah. He does a great job with college hoops. You know, it's just the landscape of college. I, I think that's the hard part is, you know, all these transfers and who went where and who's you know, these teams change so much. I mean, St. John's, you know, reinvented their entire mm-hmm. team with Rick Patino. So you got to stay up on top of it. Plus, it, you know, he knows all these college guys. I mean, he he's uh, very good at the draft to really kind of evaluate these kids that as they relate to the NBA. Right. Like you have um, obviously Victor Wembanyama who's coming over from France, but the bulk of these kids are are coming up from college who he's like you mentioned watched really closely. So that'll be a great conversation coming up in about 15 minutes from now. But let's start in the NFL because there were a couple more news items I wanted to get to you with. One of which dealing with the Baltimore Ravens who. Going into this year with Lamar Jackson back and under contract, all of that resolved, the new offensive coordinator and Todd Monken, so much of the conversation has been about how the passing game with Lamar Jackson is going to be different, and they're going to put more of an emphasis on that as well. Um, the Athletics' Jeff Zrebeck recently wrote that it's also been clear that Monken has prioritized playing at a faster pace and getting the running backs involved in that passing game. Um, which I think should be a pretty welcome change for an offense that in four years under Greg Roman ranked dead last in running back targets per game. Yeah, I mean, look, their their passing game, as we've said before on this program many times, was uh, to call it high schoolish was unfair to high schools. It really was. I mean, it just didn't have any sophistication to it. And it didn't know, as we talked about in an earlier block, It, you know, sometimes you have to get the ball to players when they're going to be double covered or you've got to do things to help the players become the best that they can be. And that passing game in Baltimore was not good. And one of the biggest complaints that I had is Lamar wants to throw the ball in the middle of the field. I mean, getting the ball to a running back in the passing game is not about throwing screens or checkdowns. You know, it's about how do we utilize them to get this above eight and a half, nine yards per attempt, you know, and that's going to be the key. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this will be, you know, J.K. Dobbins in eight games had eight targets. Gus Edwards in nine games had two targets. Justin Hill in, tw- in, in, in 15 games had 12 targets. I mean, so they didn't really know how to get the ball. The, you know, the, the leading target guy was Patrick was Patrick Ricard, who got 13, and that's because they run fullback in the flat. Mm-hmm. So it clearly was a, 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 a prerequisite for this team to try to do that, and I think Monk and Smart for attempting that. That'll help because, you know, those are easier throws for the quarterback. They're able to get completions, and then you can you know, use the runner's skill to break tackles. And something we've talked a lot about on this show as well when it comes to the offenses that tend to have more success is having those position players that are weapons versus just a running back or just one thing. 
And so, I mean, that would be a key for sure. Another portion of this is not only the execution getting backs involved in the passing game, but specifically in the red zone as well, um, a spot that Baltimore took a step back. And I mean, even their points per game last year ranked 19th in the NFL for their worst production since 2016. So trying to be able to capitalize more in those critical moments. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, when you lose your starting quarterback and everything is predicated on his ability to run and his ability to create other people's skill set in the run game, mm -hmm. it's hard to say, well, you know, they had a, you know, they only scored. It. I mean, this is kind of that's that's the road you've gone down in terms of what you're doing with this player. So I, I think to me, Munkin's got to come in. And I've said this. He, Lamar is a quarterback that everybody falls in love with because they want to be in shotgun. Yet, to me, Lamar is the prototypical player to be under center, to run play action, to run bootlegs, to use his skill, you know, as a runner and as an ability to to challenge the defense because there's no there's only one play in football where the quarterback actually blocks somebody, and that's bootlegs and naked. Somebody's got to run out there with them, whether he has the ball or not. So that, that is the play that has to be center stage around Lamar. And if they're not doing that, which they didn't do last year because he was never under center, it's hard to accomplish that. So I, I think they're going to need to do that, and they're going to have to get more people involved in the passing mm -hmm. game. Yep, and if this Ravens offense wants to have success, like, yes, you need to make these changes, but you also have to let, to your point, like, let Lamar Jackson – do things that make Lamar Jackson special, and that's being dynamic as, as a runner and as a passer. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about, the NFL supplemental draft is going to be back this year for the first time since 2019. Um, and it's an interesting concept, the supplemental draft. So maybe for some people that aren't familiar with it, um, don't know what it is, can you just kind of explain the purpose and how the supplemental draft works? It'll be July 11th later on next month. Well, the supplemental draft is for players who, for some reason, were not able to get themselves eligible for the NFL draft in April, but something has occurred where they now are eligible for the draft and they don't want to wait until next July. And so they've always, and next uh, April, there's always been this time. Bernie Kosar, for example, was a supplemental draft player. He left Miami because he graduated. We were not letting juniors in the draft. And so he graduated and he applied for the supplemental draft and then he was allowed to enter. Back in the day, the supplemental draft was always predicated on the order of the current draft. So in the supplemental draft in the old days, Chicago would have the first pick. Now they do a lottery. Now they do a lottery. Brian Bosworth went into the supplemental right. draft. And so, you know, this started to become kind of popular. So they decided to do a lottery like the NBA where they give teams so many chances to have the first pick. Now, are there quality players in this draft? Yet remains to be seen. Daniel, uh, I mean, David Brown was a supplemental draft, the former quarterback with the New York Giants back in the day because he had graduated from Duke and come out. We'll see what this amounts to. Oftentimes, there's never players to have it, so some years we won't have a supplemental draft. This year, there is one or two players in it currently. We'll see what happens. If a guy flunks out of school, and he can't go anywhere, he can apply and the NFL can review. And if he's got three years at that school, he certainly can be eligible. And right now, um, the only player I see that's been approved for this 2023 supplemental draft is Purdue wideout Milton Wright, who was declared academically ineligible um, for last season. So he was ineligible for this year's draft, but he has um, applied and been approved for this year's supplemental, which again has not taken place since 2019 the last player um, that we saw was to the Arizona Cardinals Jalen Thompson that year who did start has since started 42 games for the Cardinals signed a contract extension last September and it does work out for certain players um, other big names there's there is one player Michael who was selected in a supplemental draft that went on to be a hall of famer do you know who it is uh, one player selected in a supplemental draft. Boy, that that's that's a great one. I just remember Bosworth. I can you know, yeah, Bos I remember the U.S. Bosworth US was FL one of them. Steve Walsh was one. Bernie Kosar was one. But one went to the Hall of Fame. It was 1987 to the Eagles. If that helps you. Oh, uh, Chris Carter. Yes. Obviously made the name for himself with. Minnesota, but um, yeah, 1987 yep. to the Eagles, Chris Carter. He was suspended before his senior <laughs> excuse season. Excuse me, yeah. Bless you. Yeah, so excuse me. 
Yeah, he he was, and it went. In the, I think he went in the fourth round. So people understand this too. So yeah. if you use your supplemental draft pick on this player, Philadelphia used it on Chris Carter. Then you don't have a fourth round pick in the next year's draft. You don't you don't get another fourth. This isn't a bonus round. So you lose that pick, and if it's worth it. But Chris Carter, you know, coming out of Ohio State, wasn't really thought of as a fast receiver, and so he kind of drifted down the line. And, and his incredible hands, body control, and balance proved to be worthy enough to make the Hall of Fame. Well, and it's just, it, his story is so interesting, too, because he's with Philadelphia, ends up getting waived by them, and then what happens with Minnesota? Like, what was it, like $100 like that he was acquired yeah. for or something? Like, so just surreal to even think about looking back. Well, I think I think Chris would be the first to tell you. He had some off-the-field issues yeah. through Ohio State and then in Philadelphia. And once he went to Minnesota, once he was released and humbled, then he got his life back in order. And then that talent really shined. And, you know, that's sometimes what it takes. It's that cold water reality where you kind of say, hey, this is my career. This is this is make or break it time for me. And if I don't, you know, Philly wanted to have as much uh, of success as he could, but he just wasn't ready to comprehend that or comply to that. And this is what, what typically does. And it was the off the field issues that got him out of Philly. Yeah. And I mean, that goes back to, so he was suspended his, his senior season in college, Brian Bosworth, he was dismissed from Oklahoma. Like a lot of these players that are in this position to be in a supplemental draft are there for a reason. I mean, Josh Gordon, another one of those names who was a supplemental yeah. draft player. And we all know the numerous issues that he's had from an off the field standpoint, but when he was on the field, it was dynamic. I feel like all of these things just keep on bringing me back to the Zion Williamson conversation yeah, you know, and all the potential. Is ironic, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's so true, Stormy. I mean, you're so right. I mean, it's like you see this talent, yet you know the problems, and you and you have this mindset, I can fix them. Mm -hmm. I can fix them. And I've learned through 35 years of believing you can fix them, they're unfixable. And as Parcell says, when they show you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. Yep, when they show you who they are, believe them. Um, but again, the NFL Supplemental Draft back for the first time since 2019. It'll take place on Tuesday, July 11th. And we talk about how limited the pool is here for the, the like not all teams even, like you don't have to place a bid. So it goes by very, very quickly, but certainly yeah. something that we'll monitor. They let you closer. They let you send it in to start the day and say, hey, we're out where everybody's <laughs> out. And then whoever picks gets, you know, if I pick them in the fifth and someone's guts the seventh, they don't get them. Yep. Still to come this hour, we'll get into a number of prop markets that are up on DraftKings in the NFL. I'll make Michael do one of those. You can only pick one for various uh -oh. different. It's fun. Come on. You know you liked it last week. But coming up next, <laughs> it is Tate Frazier, your former partner in crime with GM Street. Now the GM Shuffle podcast. But uh, get his perspective on the NF NBA draft, rather, coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits another way. vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits. Forever game at vcin.com. Rolling along here on the Lombardi line on vcin, the sports betting network. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you. And now we welcome in good friend of yours, Michael Tate Frazier, college basketball analyst, host of the One Shining podcast on the Ringer podcast network at Tate Frazier on Twitter. Welcome in, Tate. How are you? Hi, Stormy. Hi, Lombardi. Great to be back. It's uh, it's a jam-packed week. You know, we got an NBA draft week, yeah. a lot of conversations, a lot of smoke screens, a lot of rumor mills. So, it's good to talk basketball and good to talk uh, basketball with you guys. Yeah, let's start. Let's start with your North Carolina cohort. I know we went to Duke, but let's start with Zion Williamson. Bill tweeted that he thinks he's not going to be on the Pelicans after Thursday. What are your thoughts and where do you think he ends up? Well, you know, I originally, you know, just being a North Carolina guy, Zion's from South Carolina. I was excited about the idea of maybe – um, you know, I know the Pelicans have some interest in Scoot Henderson, so maybe the Hornets could take Scoot right at number two, maybe try to flip him into Zion. But from what I've heard, I don't think the Hornets are, are really into that idea. They're not keen on that idea because of all the off the court issues and the fact that he's not really on the court as much as you would like him to be, obviously. Um, but I think that Portland is really in the mix. And I know that Dame Lillard came out today and said he wants to have some veteran guys. He doesn't want Portland to use that number three pick for someone like a Brandon Miller or a Scoot Henderson. He wants someone who can play now. Zion has a lot of talent, as we all know, number one pick in 2019. And also, Zion's a Nike guy, right? And Nike, in case we forget, is headquartered right outside Portland and Beaverton so they can get closer to Zion. Um, they can kind of keep track of what's going on with him. And I think that if he goes to Portland and he ends up in a trade, then that, that might be great for him because he has a new fresh start. Yeah, and with a player like him and all that he's gone through with the injuries and the off-court issues, it's sometimes maybe you just need a new voice and new surroundings to kind of get that kick moving forward. As far right. as, like, those top two picks go, I mean, last year I remember all the draft chaos around Paolo Bancaro and would he, wouldn't he? would he just kind of, like, slides in with the draft odds. We don't have that issue with Victor, Victor Wembignana going number one overall to the San Antonio Spurs. So the biggest question mark is there at two to the Charlotte Hornets and what ultimately do they do if they don't trade? Who do you think it is? Is it Scoot Henderson or is it Brandon Miller going to? Well, the popular narrative right back uh, at the beginning of the year when they played each other, Scoot and Victor, Victor Wimanyama, it was all about, you know, Scoot's the de facto number two guy. As soon as the season ended, uh, my sources with the Hornets told me that it was Brandon Miller. They were all about Brandon Miller. He was going to be the pick at number two. They love the idea of putting LaMelo at the one, Brandon Miller at the two. You have a six foot seven point guard, a six foot nine shooting guard. That's a lot of length in the backcourt. It's a mismatch any series that you're in in the NBA playoffs. So it makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, Brandon Miller's workout, from what I've heard, was not so great with the Hornets. It was all right, but Scoot Henderson wowed the Hornets. He came in, had a great interview, had a great workout, so much so that uh, there were reports from Jake Fisher um, and the NBA powers that be that said Michael Jordan wanted both guys to come back in. Reportedly, they came back in yesterday. They both worked out in front of Michael Jordan. Um, and, you know, I didn't get much information out of what happened yesterday. But from what I see and what the odds are doing, it does seem like Scoot Henderson has somehow beat out Brandon Miller. Now, again, the entire time for the past month and a half, we've heard that Brandon Miller is the pick for the Charlotte Hornets. So it's hard for me to um, completely 
uh, do a 180 there and say it's Scoot Henderson. But at this point, I think Scoot will be the pick at number two. And uh, and I think they're going to figure out a way where Scoot can play point guard. LaMelo can play the two. Again, LaMelo's six foot seven, so he's going to be the right size to play the two guard. And at the end of the games um, in the NBA, we know that LaMelo can just take the ball handling duties away from Scoot Henderson. So it won't be that much of a problem, despite people thinking, well, you can't have two point guards. LaMelo can play the two, so that won't be an issue. Yeah. Tate, of all the guys in the draft, forget you know, uh, forget Scoot and forget uh, uh, y- y- Brendan Miller. Who's your favorite guy from watching him in college, and who do you think's going to have a really highly successful NBA career? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Cam Whitmore is probably my pick, and uh, out of Villanova, he just has a lot of. Uh, he has a high ceiling. He has a lot of natural talent. I'm a sucker for the Villanova guys. Um, Villanova guys have kind of turned to, into what Carolina guys were when I was a kid, right? They're just winners. They know how to play. I know Cam Whitmore's a one-and-done guy, so he didn't have too much time in the Villanova system, but he has a great support system around him. You know, Jay Wright, Kyle Neptune, um, all the Villanova old heads, right? Even a coach like George Raveling, who could probably, you know, get in his ear a little bit. But I think Cam Whitmore, I would be surprised, Lombardi, if Whitmore falls past the fifth pick. I know the Pistons love him. Um, at five, there's also some rumblings that Houston really likes him. So maybe he goes four or five. And I, I just think the ceiling of this kid um, is higher than most. And I just like his game. And I, I think he's willing to fit in even as a number two, number three, number four option, whatever it may be. And he has the favorite where things sit right now to be the fifth overall pick this year. Uh, where where does this draft class in general rank for you? Because we know the Victor Wimbanyana in general and how much hype he specifically has had. We haven't seen a player talked about this much since LeBron James back in the day. But aside from him, the rest of this class, where would it rank for you? I think it's a really good class and I think it's a really deep class. And there's a lot of players that if you have an affinity for them, then you can get some talent later in the draft. For example, Trace Jackson Davis, right, coming out of Indiana. I think he's the best rim protector in this draft. And I think a lot of people have uh, talked about his offense. He only goes left. He doesn't really have a jump shot. I don't really care about his offense because we're not expecting him to be the number one option on an offense. We expect him to come in and be like a backup center. So you could get him in the second round. And I think there's a lot of value there. Another example is a guy like Jordan Walsh, who I'm a really big fan of a seven, two wingspan played at Arkansas gives me uh, you know, shades of Shane Battier is someone that I would point to. I love defense. I love defenders. So those are two guys that'll be later in the draft that I think have a lot of upside, a lot of potential. And another name I want to throw out, Andre Jackson Jr. out of UConn, wins a national championship. Um, I think he has a very high ceiling. I know a lot of people talk about the jump shot and it's a little inconsistent, but at the end of the day, some of these guys with their frames and with their work ethic, I think they can help develop that jump shot. And again, we're not asking him to be LeBron James or, or be the number one option. So Uh, I love defense. I love defenders. And if you're a rookie and you play defense, you're going to get minutes. So those are three names that come to mind that I think will be later in the first round, early second round that could add an impact immediately. I love Jordan Walsh. I mean, he, to me, when I watched him and Nick Smith play, I thought he was the lottery pick, not Nick Smith. Now, Nick Smith, that doesn't sound right. like he is going to be a lottery pick any longer. What What were your thoughts and reaction to the Bradley Beal trade? And how does Phoenix put together a roster based on where they are with the cap and only having five guys under contract? Well, I'll be honest with you, Lombardi. I, uh, I was a little shocked by that move. But then when you start thinking about what they're trying to do, it seems like they're trying to move Booker to the point guard position. He obviously had Chris Paul next to him. And um, I think, you know, learned under Chris Paul a little bit about the position and what the expectations are. And when Booker, you know, shares the ball and isn't just a primary tunnel vision scorer, I think he can be a better player. So Beal basically becomes your de facto shooting guard. Kevin Durant can become your de facto small forward. He can slide down to the four. And I think that DeAndre Ayton is going to be moved at some point. And I would, I don't want to put this out there too heavily, but I think that Draymond Green is a name to watch out for. I think there's a world in which Draymond Green um, ends up in Phoenix with this team, kind of like what he does for Klay Thompson and Steph Curry is what he's going to do for Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. And then you also have Kevin Durant and uh, the numbers work out. Um, the owner, obviously, of the Phoenix Suns is a Michigan State guy, so he has an affinity for Draymond Green. 
Also, reportedly, Isaiah Thomas is involved mm -hmm. um, heavily with some of the basketball decisions. I know he's a big fan of Draymond Green. They need someone in Phoenix to do the dirty work. They have the star power, as we know, but you need someone to, to be willing to get into the mud. That is who Draymond Green is. That is who he's always been. And I think he's looking for a change of scenery. So Phoenix is a team I would watch out for for Draymond. That's a really interesting awesome. thought, a, a name that I wouldn't have had on my radar, truly. And, uh, of course, the news yesterday that he did opt out of his 27 and a half million-dollar player option with the Warriors who do want him back, at least what it seems on the surface. From a just like big-picture standpoint, last 90 seconds or so here, when it comes to building teams in the NBA, like do you like that approach of going out and getting the big fish and doing what you can to win now or the slow burn of a build of a team like we've seen with the Denver Nuggets who obviously just won an NBA title? Well, when you look at the last three champions, right, when you look at Denver, when you look at Golden State and you look at Milwaukee, they were the slow burn approach. And – one of the things that uh, a former NBA player told me, continuity is one of the greatest things to have on a team and, you know, the understanding of each other. And that's why Phoenix this year in the playoffs, I had really no faith in them. They hadn't even played 20 games with each other. So I can't, you know, even no matter how talented you are, I don't think you can click at that level. So I think that, you know, still team building is important. I think that. I think the best thing that happened with Nikola Jokic and with Giannis Antetokounmpo and with Steph Curry is that it showed if you have a superstar in your corner who's locked in, who's not floating rumors around and trying to find, you know, the yeah. next pond to jump into, you have a real chance to succeed in the NBA. And I think that's good for the league and that's good for everybody that watches as well. Tate, awesome stuff. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy the great week. Great job, Tate Frazier. Love yeah, seeing of course, you, my man. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, of course. Have a great day. Thanks again. I'll, I'll come back anytime you what a guy. At Tate Frazier on Twitter. Guy. Make sure you check out the One Shining podcast, downloadable wherever you get your podcasts. Your former partner in crime, Michael. So the always best. appreciate his time. Yeah, great stuff. Um, when we come back here on the Lombardi line, we're going to turn our attention to some quarterback touchdown, passing touchdown props, and whether or not you can only pick one. We'll see. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You'll get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from each of our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the vsin.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard as well, where you can view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSIN expert has the hot hand for VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for just $19 at slash subscribe. This is the Lombardi line on VSIN, the sports betting network, alongside Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bond and Tony with you. And Michael, over the last couple of weeks, we've had some fun doing these little like categories yeah. of how to bet props. So you can only pick one for these quarterbacks. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it, Stormy. Okay. Let's see. But you have to give your opinion here, yes. too. This is just on me here now. Of course. Uh, let's see what you got, too. Of so we can only pick one. I'll change the verbiage there. There we go. There you go. Thank um, you. So, you know, I, I'm starting, before we get to some of these touchdown props, I want to start with MVP because, like, there's always in some of these markets a dark horse, a sleeper, a player who shall not be named that can charge their way up to the top of the pack at certain points throughout a season. We are 79 days away right now from the start of the NFL season. So we need to pick one player who is over 79 to 1 odds, okay? So we're looking at all 80 all right. to 1 or higher. We got Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Howell, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Desmond Ritter, Bailey Zappi, Zach Wilson, and Bryce Young. If you could only pick one of them to be your long shot MVP pick, where are you looking? I would probably say Bryce Young because if they make the playoffs and he has a great season, he'll be in contention. Uh... That would be my guess only. Uh, I, I almost went Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think to me, uh, you know, that that's a hard thing to overcome with Mahomes in front of him. So I'll go Bryce Young. That, see, Jimmy Garoppolo, that's kind of where I thought that you might go because if he were to be healthy, have a good season within that offense and be competitive in the AFC West, then maybe there's a shot there. But Bryce Young, 201, he is the second shortest shot to win offensive rookie of the year at five to one. So, you know, makes sense if he is somebody that could really put it all together for Carolina. I need to work later on today, Michael, on my little picks, my section for the uh, NFL betting guide that we're doing here at VEASAN 
And I'm just going to let you all know right now, Carolina, Carolina to win the NFC South. We've talked about it a few uh, times, but turned, that's where I'm Stoney, going. I've already turned mine in. I've already turned mine in. I've already picked them to, to win you? the South. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Oh, yeah, I'm with I turned mine in. Yeah. We're I, I just think to me, we're, we're not giving it up. Let, let's talk about MVP, not 79 to 1. I think the MVP voting or the, the making money on the MVP voting is, a, is something that you can guarantee yourself a profit. Why? Because we know it's a quarterback position, mm-hmm. right? They're not going to give this to a running back because we don't, they don't really impact the game like a quarterback. They're not going to give it to a defensive player. That's why we have defensive player of the year. So you know it's a quarterback. So if you took $100 and spread it out over five quarterbacks, as long as you had above 500, now I know it's, it's a longer investment and it takes time, but if the odds are in your favor, you got a chance to make money assuming that everybody's above the 500 to one, the five to one. So I think to me, that's where I always look at like, yeah. okay, you know, what are the odds on this guy? You know, Burroughs at 650 to one. Okay, I got to invest 500 to make to make 150. Maybe that's a good play. I, I don't know. I think, and if you're at, look at Trey Lance at 25 to one, that just blows me away. That's just, <laughs> why, why, how is that even possible? He's not, anyway, he's, so his odds are shorter than Brock Purdy's. How is that possible? It doesn't make sense. Where does this come from? <laughs> Hysterical. I mean, did we have an earthquake that I missed or what? I don't understand it. We're in the twilight zone. Speaking to your point about quarterbacks, though, just to follow that point up um, with numbers, the last 10 winners of the NFL MVP were quarterbacks since 2001. Only three non-quarterbacks won the NFL MVP, and they were all running backs. And since 2001, every MVP winner was on a team that won at least 11 games. So there is a little bit of criteria that you can throw in here to help make an educated guess for where that's going to work out. And, okay, let's take these MVP caliber players and move that toward a touchdown market here. So some of these players that are on the list that have higher expectations. So Patrick Mahomes. His touchdown prop this year is set at 36 and a half. Your guy, Joey B, Joe Burrow, these co-favorites in the MVP, he's at 33 and a half touchdowns. Josh Allen, 32 and a half. And Aaron Rodgers in his new home with the New York Jets at 30 and a half. If you could only pick one of those guys with high expectations to go over their touchdown prop, who do you like best? I like Aaron Rodgers at 30 to 30 and a half. And, and I'll tell you why. So Nathaniel Hackett's the offensive play caller for the Jets. And, and his father, Paul Hackett, was at one time the offensive play caller for the Jets when Herm Edwards was the head coach. And Chad Pennington was. And they're going to run the same offense his dad run. And in this offense, Pennington used to love that one-yard touchdown pass more than anybody. I mean, it helped that QBR rating, and it gave him some stature. I think this guy's going to throw – you know, a lot of touchdowns. I don't know how strong they are in the offensive line to run it in. I think they'll throw it in. So I like, I like Rogers. You? I think I would go with Mahomes if I had to pick one of these, just because like looking through his stats historically, he's only gone under 36 and a half once. And it was in 2019, uh, 2019, excuse me, when he had 26, other than that, 50, 38, 37, last year, 41. I feel like even last season when Tyreek Hill was no longer there on that offense and we all thought they were going to take a step back, he just elevated even more and ended up having an MVP caliber season. So that's, if I had to pick one, I would pick Patrick Mahomes. I understand what you're saying there with Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow, that number is just a touch too high for me to have confidence in it given we still have uncertainty around their offensive line. I feel like every year we go in like, oh, they have all these new pieces. They're going to have veteran leadership on the offensive line, build chemistry, and then it just hasn't seemed to get where it needs to be yet. So um, not there. And then with Josh Allen, 32 and a half. I, if you forced me to pick an over or under, I would pick the over at the even money price there. But I, I just don't love it, especially considering some of the, the other Bills issues that we have at this point right now in the offseason. Let's go from high expectations, Michael to lower expectations and some of these uh these lower touchdown props <laughs> Kenny Pickett Justin Fields your favorite player in the league Mac Jones Daniel Jones Desmond Ritter all of their touchdown props are in the teens if you had to pick one over who do you like uh one over that boy oh boy I I'm going to go I'll go Mac Jones at 17 Dang and a half. It, that was I mine. think the Patriots are going to be I think they'll be better than people think they will. I mean, 
and their offense certainly has to be better than they were last year. There's no question about that. And, you know, whether they get Hopkins or not, or if they choose to sign Hopkins or not, I don't know. But, you know, last year playing and missing games, he had 14 touchdown yeah. passes. So I'll go over the 17 and a half for Mac Jones. That was very similarly my thought process was that he had 14 touchdowns with, like, not playing the entirety of the season. And his rookie year, he had 22. If he can just get back to the type of quarterback that we saw the potential from year one and yep. grow on that with an offensive coordinator, with some weapons around him, yeah, I think over that 17 and a half is a good bet. What about players we know have injury concerns. Can they stay healthy? We're talking Lamar Jackson, Tua Tungavailoa, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. You had to pick one of them to stay healthy, hit all their overs. Who do you like? Mm, I'm going to say Dak Prescott. I, I would say Dak Prescott to hit all their overs. Uh, you know, R Wilson's age bothers me. Tua's durability bothers me. Lamar having not been able to do it the last two years bothers me. So I'll go Dak Prescott here. Dak, I like uh, the the only thing about that though, and it's like he, he always gets me excited, and then he never quite <laughs> reaches where I need him to. And he's actually only gone over twenty six and a half touchdowns twice in seven seasons. Does yeah, that scare I just you? think to me, I think with the different play calling, you know, he'll stay healthy. I mean, it's twenty six and a half touchdowns. That's a little more than just one a game, Stormy. Mm -hmm. You know, and and and. I do think there'll be a little bit more of an opportunity because of the play action that McCarthy's going to put in. Uh, and, you know, he's got good skill players. Brandon Cook comes in, gives him another dimension at receiver. So I kind of like him. You know, I, I don't know. Tua seems like, to me, I would go with Tua, but I worry yeah. about his durability. I mean, you know, Tua's going to throw the ball. They're going to, they were 31st in, in rushing attempts last year. So, you know, they're going to throw the football. I, I, but I just worry that he can stay healthy behind an offensive line that's not good. His prop is set at 26 and a half. He had 25 last year in just the 13 games that he played. I want to pick Tua so badly, so badly. But I just, ugh, you just have the constant theories, one bad hit away to being knocked out of the year. And it's a scary thought. And so I just, I can't invest financially in that. I kind of think I might go Russell Wilson just with the hope that he's going to yeah. bounce back in this spot. He had 16 touchdowns last season, which obviously was awful, but five straight seasons going over that number prior and eight of his 11 years as an NFL starting quarterback, he's gone over that number. So maybe he bounced back with Sean Payton, get the Denver Broncos on the uh, up and up once again. We shall see. Um, but I understand your pick, certainly. We have to wrap things up on the other side of this thing and uh, looking at some more plus money props because we love that plus money, honey. Who's going to be the uh, team with the most winning seasons next year? Who's going to pull it off? There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Plus, if you're planning a trip to Vegas, remember you can also convert BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip or nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Michael do you ever have one of those days where your brain just feels broken? And I think that's what's happened to me today. My brain's just broken. Why? It doesn't look like that. You've been on, you've been on target. (laughs) I I actually, I've decided that I blame you for making me look up the Titanic expedition and what's been going on in a commercial break, because that's been like where my head's at all day. I'm, I'm obsessed with this. I mean, first of all, I watched the 60 minutes broadcast or, or about when they went down there and, you know, and this whole expedition of Ocean First, I think it's called, or mm-hmm. what this guy was able to do with the, with the submarine that he built that could withstand 12,000 feet below sea level. And so, you know, it's remarkable and how people were waiting to actually make sure the weather was good enough to go out there. And it's like a five-hour voyage to get to the point from Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And it takes, and then they go down in the sub, and the weather conditions have to be great. So I'm praying uh, tremendously for these five people that are on there. They, I just was following the New York Times update. They have uh, another 40 hours, perhaps, of air of air as they try to locate this this uh, submarine or this module. I'm not sure what the heck it is, but I pray that we can because. You don't want the Titanic to take more victims that they've already taken. I know. It's such a scary situation. And like everything I've been looking up here, too, I guess the Titanic expedition leader um, said on the news that more people have been to outer space than have been to the depths of the ocean where that submarine could potentially be, which is just so crazy to think about at this point. So, you know, hoping everything ends up okay but just a frightening situation not to know where that thing is but that's where every commercial break I I'm, I kid you not Michael I'm like on my phone reading more about it because I didn't know and now my head's like all over the place but let's get back to yeah. like more yeah. like lighthearted stuff here like our pro tip on the network we do these every single show um you can search it on vsin.com by sport and by show but this was a great tip that came from you our last segment when we were having the conversation about the nfl mvp market that when you're betting on some of these awards you don't have to put all of your eggs in one basket the odds are long enough for you to have multiple selections bet on multiple players so that you can guarantee yourself a profit yep i think that's really you know we one thing we know about the mvp is we can eliminate certain groups. And when you could do that in any betting, I mean, that's, that's you know, this betting tip also carries over into the NFL season. Everybody looks at the NFL slate of games week one, and they said, okay, we got week one games. Nobody takes the approach, let's eliminate five games. Let, 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 like, I'm not playing that game. I don't want to play that one. I don't like that. Elimination of the of the betting round is really important. And so the MVP odds allows you to eliminate. It, it, it eliminates for you because you know the odds are going to be there. Mm-hmm. I think we all, you know, in scouting, people always think it's about finding. 
in betting, people always think it's about finding the winner, find the winner, find the winner. I think it's about eliminate the loser. Eliminate the losers. And so that's what the approach has to be. What games do I want to focus on on Monday morning to study for the week that I feel like I would play? And it's the same thing in the MVP odds. What player do I think has the best chance to go from, I mean, Geno Smith at 30 to 1. If Seattle has an incredible year, that's not an outlandish number considering that Trey Lance is 25 to 1. Mm-hmm. Right? Aaron Rodgers, if the Jets do something that they haven't done since 1968, which is, A, make the playoffs. They haven't done that since 20, 2010. But go to a Super Bowl, and that doesn't count in the voting. But if they're the number one seed and he's that guy, that 14 to one's going to be a fairly good investment for you. Yeah, put some of that deductive reasoning um, into your thought process here. And Rodgers, too, that's a great example in itself because, yes, you see it at MGM 14 to one. I've seen him. Um, anywhere between 14 to 18 to 20 to one. So shop around as well as you're looking for some of these numbers to find the best prices as you do kind of narrow down the field from that thought process. But VSIN pro tips again, available at VSIN.com. Every single show does these each day, just doing our best to help get some um, interesting notes to help everybody become a little bit smarter and wiser as you approach different markets. One more market I want to take a look at today, if we can. There are a handful of teams in the NFL this year that are plus money options to have a winning record going into 2023. So, like to call this, we love that plus money, honey. Okay, so when you look down the list here, Michael, some of these plus money odds teams that you think that, I mean, on the surface have some lower expectations, but that could get over that nine-win threshold. Well, I mean, the one that jumps out to me immediately, the Packers. I mean, I saw Jair Alexander say that, you know, Jordan loves having a really good camp, but nobody seems to buy that. Everybody seems to think Justin Fields is having the greatest camp in the North. And Mm -hmm. we know this, the Packers are a better football team than Chicago. I don't think there's any question in my mind about that. So the Packers jump out to me. I think the Patriots, too. Look, the Patriots are 8-9 and last year, and we could sit here, and you are what your record is. But there was a lot of games they had a chance to win that they didn't. Now, the schedule's obviously tougher, but I think this Patriot defense is going to be pretty good. Uh, It's probably going to be one of the best defenses they had since 2016 when they lost to Denver in Denver when uh, uh, the Denver defense kind of made enough plays to win that game. Brady missed a two-point conversion at the end of the game, which would have sent it to overtime. So I I think, to me, they jump out to me as a team that I would play. The Panthers, obviously, because I picked Mm -hmm. them to win the South. And then the other ones, I mean, look, the, the commanders, if it's not now, when, right? I know they have a young quarterback in Sam Howe, but they got to improve on an 8-8 eight and eight season. You know, they 8-8-1 eight, eight last year. At some point, Ron Rivera hasn't had a winning season in five years, and he's never in jeopardy of losing his job. So, like, if now or never, right? It's mm-hmm. now or never. And they were right there. You mentioned that 8-8-1 eight, eight and one record. They were right there to potentially having that that um, over that nine win or more threshold a year ago. Their season win total only set at 6.5, but you have to imagine with Eric Bieniemy coming in and the fingerprints that he wants to put in that offense to improve and to work with Sam Howell, that maybe they could take a step forward, at least on the offensive side of the ball, knowing what they have defensively. Um, And the Patriots too, they're a team that I feel like keeps getting looked down on simply because of their schedule and the division with which they play in. We know how competitive that AFC East division looks on paper um, with Miami, with the bills who are the favorite there with, um, the the Jets and the upside that they have bringing Aaron Rodgers in. Like, what do you make of the Patriots schedule? And like, when it comes to overcoming those first four weeks of the year, is that going to be something that really sets the tone for this group? Well, I mean, look, they, you know, obviously open up with the, the NFC champion Philadelphia. That gives them a long time, to, a longer lens to prepare Getting Miami earlier in the season, you know, usually that game's in Miami. They get them in mm-hmm. New England. So, uh, you know, I, I think they know those, they'll know those two opponents really well. And the one thing about it is their defense can help them. I mean, the one thing, when you can play defense and if you're good in the kicking game, because I think we'll see a lot more squib kicks this year than we've ever, because I still think teams are going to want teams to return the football, not just bot it at the 25. Remember, when you kick it through the, when you kick it through the end zone, 
and you let them have the ball at the 25, you eliminate the possibility of a holding call, which we see quite often in the kicking game. That's why teams like it to for 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 other great special teams want you to bring the ball out because mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're going to get caught for holding because they call penalties on almost all kicking game plays. So I think New England will be good in those two areas, and their offense can run the football if their offensive line improves. So uh, I'm not as down on them. Look, you got to play good teams. They got to go on the road to play Dallas. They have to go on the road to play the Jets. And, you know, if you're a good defense, you play well on the road. And they're the favorite to get DeAndre Hopkins now. So if that works out, it's just another thing that you could add to the offense. I say that in jest, okay? I know that we still have to figure out some dollars and cents with where uh, DeAndre Hopkins ultimately is going to end up in this spot. But uh, good stuff today. What do you have going on this week um, with the book? No, you know, I got to do GM. We're going to tape GM Shuffle tomorrow, and then I'm just going to enjoy Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday off mm-hmm. here. Uh, I've got to go to Baltimore for the book on Thursday. It's a it's a day trip. I'll be back. But other than that, that that's really it. Enjoy the summertime. Stormy, yes. if we get the sun out today, we'd be better. Sun, Got to get the suns out, guns out, out here in Vegas. Uh, good stuff, Michael. Appreciate you. Enjoy Thank your you, trip. Stormy. And have a nice anniversary Thanks, yesterday. Too. I mean, tomorrow as well. That's a wrap Thank you. Yeah, for today. Yes, of course. You and Millie have some fun. That's a wrap for today's edition of the Lombardi Line. Vsin best bets are coming up after a quick break. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.